Welcome to the Bold Moves How Did You Know podcast, a podcast for the naturally curious who want to define their own path. I'm your host, Kristen Rocco, and I'm sharing bold moves stories that propelled my guests from curiosity to action, and in doing so, they've defined a path that is purposeful to them. Through these stories, I hope you'll be inspired to pursue your boldest dreams. Today, I have a very special guest I'm so excited to introduce you to. Her name is Elizabeth Garvish. She is the founder of Garvish Immigration Law, and she has a really unique mission for a law firm. I can't wait for her to tell you all about it. But just to give you a little clue, it's to be the happiest law firm in America. Garvish Immigration Law has been ranked as one of the best law firms by U.S. News and World Report since 2021. She's also a certified global speaker by the Entrepreneurs Organization, Global Speakers Academy, and a presenter on entrepreneurship and U.S. immigration topics around the world. Welcome to the show, Elizabeth. Thank you, Kristen. It's it's so great to be here. And I I saw you start a podcast. I was like, I need to be on your podcast. <laughs> I am so glad that you are. We met last year at a Wonder Woman dinner. Yeah, I was like, it wasn't last year. It was last year at a Wonder Woman dinner that you hosted. And I, you know, quickly learned how, first of all, how freaking smart you are in business and entrepreneurship. And also how gracious you are with your expertise and advice for building a life and career you love. So you have made so many different bold moves in your life, not just in your career, but and I'm excited to talk about that, but also on the personal side of things. Um, so I'd really love to start a little bit with your unorthodox mission for your law firm, which if you know anything about law or know any lawyers in your life, I think the words that would really come to mind are like stress overwhelm, anxiety, uh, working 80 hours a week, but you are really kind of on a mission to change all of that. Can you tell us a little bit about what sparked this idea for the happiest law firm in America? Yeah, so I am a Clifton Strengths, Strength Finders uh, positivity, my number one strength. And I didn't know this until like a few years ago. But law school is, and I, you know, I was living the program, okay? We all are programmed by society, by our parents, by wanting to please people around us, the outside environment. We really care what other people think. We're on this path, you know, our our teachers, our peers, our parents tell us what we're supposed to be doing. Go to school, get good grades. Now, oh, go to grad school, like figure out what you're going to do. You're like 20 years old. You got to know. Okay. So I was just like, all right, I got to do this. I got to do something. I'm going to law school. Um, The truth of law school is you are trained to look for the worst case scenario and everything. You're trained to look for every catastrophe. You No wonder lawyers are stressed out. They're like, have to look for every negative thing. And if they don't find the negative thing and they don't dream up the negative thing, then they're like, you know, not perfect at finding everything negative. Then, you know, they're, they're basically, I always feel like a failure, you know, like if I couldn't think of the worst thing, like there's unimaginable things that can go wrong. And if I can't think of all of them, then I'm a failure as a lawyer. Um, And there was an interesting study that, that took place 
several years ago, um, and it was a Virginia law school, and they they basically did personality tests with the class, the entering class, and you know they classified two groups leaning towards like an optimistic personality, that's your strength, and leaning towards the pessimistic personality. And so lo and behold, the pessimists made law review. The pessimists got better grades. The pessimists like got jobs after school, you know, the better jobs. And like the pessimists are better lawyers. Now for somebody like me, I'm an optimist. That's positivity is my strength. That's my natural ability. I was like, this law school sucks. I'm like, what is going on here? And I got out of law school. Honestly, I'm smart. I'll make it through. But I was like, this is, this feels really weird. I, I'm doing what I do. I'm analyzing like kind of how I was feeling and what was going on. Now I do that all the time. But I was like, wow, I was kind of upset, depressed. I was like, what if I, I just don't know if I can do this. And that was the thoughts that went through my mind after I got out of law school. And, you know, I, I just, now I'm like, gosh, no wonder that was something totally against what, who I am. That is, I'm not, you know, when you're, and if if you've ever done any of those tests that show your strengths, like, you know, you're like, aha, oh my gosh, that's so true. I hate doing those tasks because I'm not good at those tasks. They're not my natural ability. And so basically I made it through law school, but I, you know, it wasn't that fun and I didn't feel at home in this. I wasn't like, this is the way it's, I was meant to, to do this, but I was following that program. Remember that program? Okay. You got to get the next step was like, okay, take the bar, get to like that corner office, that partner, big law firm, big law firm. That's all you got to do. Okay. Okay. I'll do that. I found my way roundabout where I was at a big labor employment law firm a few years later. And then I tell this story about, I was, I was doing really well. And it was like a small regional law firm. Like it was like seven or eight offices, like a fairly big firm merged into a much bigger national firm. And so I had a new, a new set of supervisors and I was like who I am. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a visionary. I'm a, like a woo. I bring in clients. Like I'm doing, I was bringing in a whole new like line of business with medical uh, physician immigration into this firm. But I sat down for my annual review and three minutes, I talk about this, three minute suits, you know, push this review across the table. And I'd always gotten really good reviews, you know, and it was like the lowest scores you could ever get. Like if five was the highest one, I got ones. And I saw these words on that paper. I have the review. I have it. You I kept like, it for inspiration? Oh, I just found it because we moved offices. So I was like, because I've got a lot. I've got I've got young lawyers. I've got young women that work for me um, going to law school. Like, I want to share the story with them. But there were words like, does, needs improvement. Uh, um, a lot of does not fit in, does not fit in does not fit in. Was that a low point for you when you like after that night had you went home and had chance to kind of let it all seep in? Like was this one of the lowest points of your career so far? 
actually, now that I look back at it, I'm like, thank you, three men in suits, because I could still be at that law firm in a miserable place. And now, I mean, I was like, there's no way I could stay there. I was like, this is, if this is, because I was, I kept having these aha moments, you know, and I was like, they said we have to like admire and aspire to be like these partners, but they're just horrible people, (laughs) basically. Like there's nothing to admire. There's, I don't want to be these people. You couldn't find, you couldn't find anything in Mm -mm. them that you wanted to emulate. There was like no role model at this level at all that you were excited to yeah. keep there was, following this was, that This was the together. program that yeah. we'd been sold. This is where you got to be. When you're there, yeah. oh, that's it for you. Forget it. It was misery. And like so many other things that happened at that law firm, but I was like, all right, that's a bold move. Because they were like, just go back to your desk, keep working. I was like, heck no. And I was like, I've got to leave. And I'm taking all my cases with me. And so like – you know, but it was, it was like a moment of like, I guess, mourning and grieving kind of what I thought, but opening up something new. And then as time went by, I mean, I had a few other things happen along the way, but I eventually made it to starting my own law firm. And I had to shed, you know, I was walking this journey, honestly. And if, if people can get to where I'm at, like in their 20s, great, do it. But I was, I was like hard to shed those ideas and how we've been trained and what we're supposed to be doing and the the fear of like doing something different. But, you know, eventually I was, I got to this place of starting my own law firm and I, I was doing entrepreneurial operating system. And this is like 10 years into it. But I remember also like when I first started the law firm, I just remember my experience at the, at the big law a lot of unimportant things were made important, like what you wear. Like I, who am the fashion queen of the world, would get dress code violations. Um, like just a lot of crazy things were not that are not important in the grand scheme of the world were made important. And it's I was like, we're trying to change the world here. We're trying to do these things. But why are you guys so focused on what doesn't matter? you know? And, and I, I just was like, let me have a space where I can like, at least enjoy my everyday life, be surrounded by people that I care about that are my colleagues and do this work. This is hard, tough work sometimes. And like, take away that environment and that pressure. You know, it's just, so that was kind of the thought when I initially started. It's like, get me the way heck away from all these other people. And I was also just discovering that I am, I'm a true, like, I did, I'm a Colby, like, Colby A, like, um, quick, quick start. So I'm a visionary. Like, I'm now, you know, that's who I am. I cannot work for anybody. It will not work. So I finally was like, all right, forget, forget that. You're doing, you're doing this. And it was like, yeah, I just want to. I just want to be happy. And then 10 years down the road, um, I was doing my EOS, um, Entrepreneurial Operating System. I was talking about my uniques with my implementer. And I was like, I think we're going to be, I think we're the happiest law firm in America. I just said that in my meeting. Like, and I was like, that's what I want to be. And that's where that came from. I'm like, that's 
sounds really funny. Like you say that and people are like, what? I was speaking in, I was speaking at the International Bar Association in London. Another bold move, because I had no idea what I was talking about, but a colleague was like, do you want to be on this panel? It was like from all these people from all over the country. And I, I just had manifested another speaking uh, engagement in Paris before that. So I'm like, well, I'll just come to London and um, with all my kids and my mom. And um, I was, I just shared that I'm creating the happiest law firm in America. And like, of course, someone in the audience was like, oh, you know, and their English accent, that sounds very interesting. And I'm like, yeah, happy to share it with you, you know, because I think it, because I think a lot of leaders in law and a lot of people really are interested in maybe changing the space. There's still the old guard, believe me, but I think there's a lot of people that are recognizing kind of, but it's so hard to get out of that program. Um, I've been working on deprogramming myself, letting go of that past. And, you know, I've been doing a lot of work on that, but creating my future for the present. Everything you said was so amazing. And I've got like, kind of, as you're talking, I'm like uh, codifying a, like what the process that you went through to get to where you are today. So um, I think what's really cool uh, that you just validated, and I, I think we kind of all know, but don't necessarily always feel, is that there's no such thing to an overnight success. And everybody goes through their own hardships and, you know, feels out of alignment at one point in time with what they're doing, right? And it's about being able to kind of collect information along the way and come to a greater understanding and knowing of yourself to then find your next zig to the, to the place where you think you're getting more in alignment. It's kind of like continuing to zigzag until you find um, what you're really meant to do. And I love the story. I think you were in Paris or even, or maybe London um, where that woman said, what does that mean? The happiest uh, law firm in America? Because I think when you put out your belief into the world, you're going to find those people who love that and want to, and believe that too. And then you kind of create this like, not following, but then you sort of start getting validation. Like, okay, what I'm thinking other people also believe in, and, and that maybe keeps the forum momentum going in the right direction. And then the one last thing I heard, which I, through this podcast, have become a, a firm believer in, it's that you found someone when you were getting started on your entrepreneurial journey to help you in that process, to coach you through how to, um, you know, bring bring your own vision to life. And I think was that it yeah, sounds it like took that was a little while part of the um, to realize that I I was an aunt, I am an entrepreneur. I am a visionary because I was like I'm a lawyer. I'm just doing the technical stuff, but that's not my biggest strength. So it took really like figuring, and I had to have a couple of babies before I was like very focused on that. So I was just doing my, you know, I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to grow this firm and I'm going to change the world. But that kind of came along later. But, um, but, but yeah, I, I feel like once I found entrepreneurs organization, um, that has changed a lot for me. I'm I'm a different person. I mean, I've I've gone through this this change of like, you know, I don't operate from fear anymore. I mean, I I as I told you, I was like I I watch myself from like above. Like I'm a little angel 
my little angel on the shoulder. How did you feel about that? What thought created that feeling? And, and how could I change that to move forward in a better way? And, you know, when I see, but I also now I'm so hyper aware of myself. I'm hyper aware of people in front of me. I do a lot of consultations. Clients show up with so much fear and I see it and I'm like, that's not a good place to be because you're not going to be creating there, you know? And, and so just, just changing, like, I mean, basically I think we have to sometimes overcome something about ourselves, like our brain and our body to go to our, to walk into a new life that we're supposed to have. And there may be this metamorphosis that we're going to have like over and over and over again. And literally we have that opportunity with our thoughts and our emotions and how we vibrate and the energy we put out into the world to create that new life. If we want that, if we, you know, we can, we can do it. And I've learned that through, I'm deep into meditation practice. I follow Joda Spenza. I'm like, I love him. Um, and it's, it's been an amazing experience just, and, and, and lots of other people. I'm like, it's, it all goes together. His is very science-based. How does our body work? How does physics work? And then when you're like, wow, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and then you feel like, wow, I'm creating miracles. I'm creating change, like, because I'm thinking it and I'm feeling it. Changing the way you think helps create that the, the action that you need to keep moving forward and create the life you want. What do you do? Our, go, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Our thoughts create our life. What do you do to practice changing your thoughts? Because I would imagine that it's not a one and done. You have to actively spend time investing in changing your thoughts. So I just did, and I just did this corporate training that – Joe Dispenza has. So it's very like if you go to the retreats where you're meditating, I mean, you're just it's it's out there. It's amazing though. We meditate every night. Like the boys and I, we meditate every night. Like I so I meditate like pretty much every day. Um, and I I can create change my energy. If I change my energy, I'm changing my life, as Joe Dispenza says. But he gave us some tools. There's like a breath tool, but the one that I really liked um in this training was if you have a thought, that's why you have to be very self-aware. A lot of times we are in fight, flight, or freeze. We are walking through the world in a reactive mode. Nothing can be created. That's called high beta if you talk about brain waves. And um, our thoughts and our emotions create that. And they signal like, you know, let's get the adrenaline going. Let's like the body's on high alert. That's not a way to be creating. But if you have a thought that's whatever it is, a negative thought or something not productive, you can change and reframe that thought. So just like they, the exercise there is like, what's your thought? Is that a productive thought or whatever? If not, change. And so I, I made a deal with my kids. I was like, and we do it in Spanish, cambio. You know, like if that's not a thought, oh, so-and-so doesn't like me, change. You know, like how do you reframe that? I'm a well, I love me. I'm, I'm, I'm so popular in my class or whatever it is, you know, um, you change that thought because that thought becomes your reality. This is a really good place to kind of shift from 
you know, professional and all of the great things that you've been able to do because of your ability to take bold moves, recognize, you know, kind of what's off and then just keep moving in the direction that you know is your path. You've done this on the same side, uh, in the same way on the, like your personal life side, right? And um, I'm really excited to, to talk about this with you, Elizabeth, because, you know, we've had, I've had, we've, <laughs> I've had a lot of guests on the podcast so far, and we've been talking a lot about career and bold move, moves from that perspective. But you bring something unique to this conversation, which is um, that you have had two sets of twins by yourself as a single mom. And I would love for you to talk more about that experience for you and what led you to that decision? Because it is a bold move to raise four children by yourself and be able to manifest this in your life. And just, you're, I know you're so, you love it so much. So I'd love to just hear more about that side of your story. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is, that is the true, like, reason for, for me. I'll get ch choked up, but that's the reason I'm on this earth. And wouldn't it have been so sad to miss out on my true purpose because I was trying to please someone else and it wasn't appropriate mm -hmm. to have a baby without being married or you're too old or you're this or that or, or you're not following like what you should do or I'm going to disown you because you did that or whatever. Wouldn't that have been sad to miss on your, out on your like true purpose in life? Um, the like – probably the greatest happiness you could ever have. Imagine if you're like, hey, you know, you have an opportunity to like have joy 24 hours a day and float through gratitude for the rest of your life. But it's kind of like taboo or it's not, no one really does it. Would you do it? I mean – you know, a lot of people don't, you know, I hear a lot more people say, a lot more women say to me, um, I've never heard one say to me, gosh, I wish I didn't have those kids. But I've heard a lot of people say, gosh, I wish I had a baby or I want a baby or am I too old or how can I do this? And I hear that a lot. And I see a lot of people that are like maybe wanted that and then just, I don't know, missed out on that or maybe just, and like, there's just always something that's, they might be sad. And I know there's some people that just don't want to be mothers and they just don't have that desire and that's fine. But if you do and you, you don't pursue it, I think you always have a little piece of you missing a little bit. I said, here's what I, I described as like, I would just, if I hadn't done this, I would have always been a little bit sad, you know? Yeah, I'm channeling friends of mine who um, I know are considering this right now, right? They haven't found a partner. Um, and yet, you know, we're all getting older. Unfortunately, we don't reverse age. Um, and so they know for sure they want to be a mom. And yet it is very scary to uh, – to, to, figure out how to go about, you know, becoming a mom without a partner. Um, so what, what did you do to process, um, 
how you got to your decision, or I suppose at the simplest form, it's how did you get to your decision? I hear you saying that, you know, you felt like this was your purpose, but were there other things through that time frame where you explored and thought more about to really know in your heart of hearts, this was for you? Yeah. I mean, I, I always had, I always had all these boyfriends and, and even at the time I was like, what happened initially? I, I was thinking about this for a long time. I was too scared. I was so scared. I was worried. I was like worried what other people would think. I didn't go. I was like, I should have gone to the doctor earlier. I could have done this. I should have, you know, I was waiting for something to happen, some outside thing to come to me for me to be who I was meant to be. Um, you know, but that wasn't, and, and I think a lot of times like you want to create a family cause you meet someone you love. But for me, it was like, I don't know. I like literally, I, and I, I say this, it happened to me twice, but a whisper becomes a roar. You cannot quiet a desire. Your heart is calling you. And when your heart calls you, you have to answer. It's never going to quiet. I mean, you could you could ignore it, but it's going to bother you for the rest of your life. You know what I'm saying? So that's exactly what happened. Your heart, and I, I say Joe Spins all the time, your brain thinks, but your heart knows. Your heart's a straight shooter. So, I mean, just go right there. I always, I also say, let your heart be your tiebreaker, you know, like think about everything in your brain. But then at the end, if you're like, oh, should I, shouldn't I, what's your heart say? Feel your answer. And so that's basically what it was when I got the courage and something happened in my life um, that I, I really, I figured out my true strength. I overcame something, a big deal. It's like for another time, but I was like, okay. And you know, I, I had this, this thing going on and I kind of like, I used the metaphor of like, well, I was like, okay, what I was battling, I was like, that's Satan I'm battling. I was like, I had a, a file that was labeled Satan that had to do with this whole thing. And then when that was all over and I was like, you know, I was like, oh, I defeated Satan so I can have a baby on my own. Cause I was like, you know, something was coming up and I was like, if I could do something, like somebody was kind of working like in a, in a very malicious, evil way. And I overcame that. And I'm like, okay, well, why? I mean, I'm strong enough to even what, let's just, let's see what's out there. Let's figure this out. And that moment I like made my first doctor's appointment. And then, and then it was like, not as easy as I thought it would be. And I was like, I mean, I had, I decided like, Basically, first doctor's appointment, I was like, I'm doing this. I don't care. And we're moving forward. But had no idea. And then it was like three years, two and a half years maybe of like figuring things out, you know? And now I could share. I could share with a lot of people like everything, but just figuring out, but alone. It was, I mean, it was still, I was still kind of in that old programming. So I'm, I was a different person. But I knew I had to follow my heart. And yeah, I mean, so, you know, eventually um, it got to the point of like, you know, my experience was I had like a lot of failures with the with the boys, you know, and I had like three IVF 
like I got pregnant the first one I lost and then had chemical pregnancy, you know, I had, which in IVF, you, it happens, but I went to a specialist like, and I did something and came back and then it worked, but I had to stop. The doctor was like, oh, just do it again. And I was like, no, I'm going to look into this a little bit deeper, you know? And then, and then I got the boys and, but it, it took me a long time and like just understanding and I prayed a lot. Like I was, I was at the Catholic church. Like I just, um, I prayed and prayed and prayed, but I was asking for like the wrong thing to create the boys, you know, like I think at, at a certain point it clicked in my head, but I was almost like, let me handle it. If it doesn't go okay. What? I shouldn't, that's not, that's not, I should be saying I'm a hundred percent sure I'm meant to be a mom. I'll do whatever it takes to get to that point. And but when it was, you know, what I knew, like when it happened, I think going through failures, you know, you really know what you want. When you, when you may not get something, you know, you really want it. And it's, there are those moments of just, you're on your knees, like what the heck, you know, it's just, I mean, I, I tell that story a lot. Cause I was like, when I tell people now, I'm like, yeah, I have four kids. What? <laughs> but you know what? 10 years ago, there was a moment I thought maybe I wouldn't be a mom. And what did I just create for myself? This is, this is the most amazing miracle. This is the most amazing thing. And you know what? I did it. I did it. No one else. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I get this joy. And yeah, I, along the way, you know. I almost got married <laughs> and I called that off and, you know, but I was still like, you know, and then immediately after I had the boys, um, I was like, just, I carried the boys, you know, had a C-section, did all that. And, um, I was like, oh, I supposed to have another baby. That's like that thought going through my head. Yeah. And I was like, um, this postpartum is crazy. I was like, this must be like, I'm having psychosis or something. I'm supposed to have another baby right now. This is, this is, I just got two. I don't know what to do with, you know, but that feeling in my heart didn't go away. And like, it was almost, you know, the boys are seven. So I decided one day I just could not, I just kept thinking about it and thinking about it. I'm supposed to have a little girl, you know? And then I tested the embryos. They're all girls. I had four embryos left. I was like, they're all girls. And they were, yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so many things had to happen, like including the failed like relationship and, and all of that. And like, um, and then, you know, with the second set, I, I got a surrogate, my doc, you know, as you get older. Okay. That's, we also, I was like, what if something happened? I had a little tiny little thing with the boys. I was like, I had a little bit of bleeding and a hemorrhaging and that resolved. But what if it happened again? What if I wasn't here for the boys? Okay, let's do the surrogate. And then the pandemic and getting matched with the surrogate. Um, and then just being like, okay, this this is going to work. Like the first time we tried the embryos, one embryo, one little baby, it seemed like I got matched after almost a year of waiting and with my surrogate, Brooklyn, and she's an amazing person. And like, 
And like, it seemed like the universe was just coming together to make this happen for me. And, and I told a lot of people, I was like, this is happening. And I thought the collective energy, I was very quiet with the boys at the end. Like I surprised everybody. Um, they'd already given up on me, but I was like, um, no. And we got pregnant immediately. And then there was no heartbeat beat at the first ultrasound. So, oh my God, my whole, like, I was like, wait a minute, this is supposed to, I thought this was what it was supposed to be like easy. I'm not supposed to have the same experience again, you know? And then did some more complications and wait times to wait. And then another, another, um, miscarriage. And then I had to face like the doctors telling me the last two embryos were damaged or 30% chance they would even, uh, you know, even like work. Um, and, and I was like, I'm supposed to do two embryos. I'm doing two. If they're 30%, we're doing two. But my surrogate's husband was like, they, they, they make you go through a lot of like doctor's appointments about the risks of a twin pregnancy. And they were against that. The gestational agency was like, no way you'll ever find anyone to do two embryos. And I was like, God, you guys are really cramping my style. Like, you know, like the doctor and like the, the gestational carrier agency were just, but I was like, you know what? I don't have to believe you guys because my heart is telling me something else. I'm going to do two embryos. I'm going to heal those embryos and I'm going to meditate with Brooklyn and we're going to create this together. We're going to get our energy to that place of limitless possibilities we're going to be in charge of this. We're going to be in charge of our lives. Not, not the words of my doctor, not the words of this, not that you can't do this or this is not so good or I don't need any of that. I'm 100% sure. And that's my thing right now. I'm 100% sure I'm going to be a mom. I'm 100% sure that I'm going to, my soulmate will come. I'm 100% sure that I'm going to get you that green card. Um, that certainty and like never allowing a negative thought um, like go into my head. But I also was like, I'm going to create this in this way. I'm going to get a healing done on the embryos. How do I do a healing? I don't know. I was doing this meditation work and they were healing people. They were like, they were like loving people into life and doing this energy work. And I met this person, I met that person. And like, they're like, okay, like the head of like, um, the research, uh, based, um, Joe Dispenza work was like, Hey, Elizabeth, uh, can you do a healing with Brooklyn on Sunday at three? I was like, yeah. Like the next day, like her husband came home and was like, just do two, just do two. It's fine. It's your body. And then we'd already started doing our meditation practice. And before the embryo transfer, like the last embryo transfer, that's all I had. That was it. Nothing else. I'm done. So final, um, you know, to get the sisters or the boys and. Um, we did this amazing meditation together. I was like, she's open to that. And like, you know, like, and so we just, we just changed our energy together. We, we, we were, we walked into our new life together and we went to the embryo transfer and the, the embryologist was like, and the doctor was like, oh, well these survived thawing. Like it was a surprise. I was like, well, you know, I thought to myself, I was like, well, we're doing stuff on the outs, you know, we're doing something else. And then Pretty much, I just, I didn't allow a negative thought to come into my mind. Believe me, I was like, 
every stake is here. This is it. I mean, the dog, you know, like this is it. Like, I don't even know. How do I even live my life? Like this is crazy, you know? But I was like, you know what? It's happening. Everything it's happening. And I just kept, I didn't allow any worries to go into my mind. I just was like, I was constantly just like flooding my brain with positive thoughts. Like I just, if if something came in that was like a negative or a worry. Or like, I just, I had to get it out and replace it with a positive thought. And, you know, as we got the pregnancy, you know, like she was pregnant and then just that it was two, then everything's going well. And like, you know, every, everything that happened with, with her and the pregnancy also, like, I was like, let's double down on our meditation. She had a little bit of high blood pressure. I'm like, let's double down on meditation. Don't take any medication. She had, and, and I was like, you know, after we kind of, I went to a retreat and we were meditating and I was just focusing on healing her and like, and then after, um, after, you know, I was, I woke up from like one meditation or I stopped and I was like, I think she's good. And then I was like, Hey, Brooklyn, how do you feel? She's like, yeah, it's like, it's like it never happened. Like I haven't had any other high blood pressure at all. It's been fine. I was like, okay. Then she had the gestational, you know, she failed the gestational diabetes screen. And I was like, okay, just get back to meditating. Let's just get back into our our vibe. And then, then I was talking to her in the hospital and she was like, yeah, it's like my sugars have been fine ever since. It's like, it's like they should retest that. I was like, nope, we healed you. Don't worry. Um, yeah. And like, you know, I was like six pound babies and, you know, and I don't That's know. There were the, a positive thought. I mean. I guess so. I don't yeah, know. This or is what's meant incredible. for you. Or, well, or the, feel I was just gonna say the words as you're you know telling this miraculous story, right? <laughs> the words that are I'm hearing in my head as you're talking is conviction. You are so convicted in your purpose for having kids, and nothing, you know, no nobody, nothing externally could deter you from from that conviction. And you, it allowed you to just be a driving force in your life. I mean, literally having the wheel at your hands, right? And, and bringing the universe together with you and creating this, these miracles that you have. Yeah, we are the creators of our life. And like, I'm, I think if we stop and get quiet and listen to our heart, you can't. I mean, I'm only doing what's meant for me. I'm only making what's meant for me happen. That was meant for me. This was meant to happen. I knew that I, and I, I'll say this now, but I knew that I was supposed to have like twin girls, like somehow, like along the way, I was like, that is crazy, you know? And like, there's one day I got like four double yolks in a row from the eggs. Like, have you ever gotten the double oh, yolk? I yes, like, I have. Oh. Yes. Yeah. And I just, I just knew I was like, I just knew this was meant for me. Like it was supposed to happen. And I think, you know, I think a lot of times if what's meant for us, like what's our destiny or what, you know, we're creating as well, like what, it, like the highest, most amplified version of yourself, you know, like if that's meant, you know, we maybe can stay small but do we want to just go as big as we can? And I actually, like, I was doing a lot of manifesting and um, I had a coach and a group that I worked with and through EO. And um, 
yeah, I wrote down the exact thing that happened in my manifestation Google Google Doc, but I like went back and I read it. And I wrote it down like when I was at the point of like literally like I was a kind of a rock bottom moment, but I let my refractory period stay short. I was going to let, I was going to stay at rock bottom with those feelings. Mm -hmm. I was going to start acting to create and literally also be in this. I love, I love what Joe Dispenza, how he says this, but the, it's a sweet spot of the generous present moment, the generous present moment. If I'm here, like I'm looking right at you and we're connecting, that is where I'm creating the generous present moment is going to give you your future. So when I stay there, not living in the past, oh, you always failed. You're going to fail again. Oh, well, this is my experience. It's hard to do this. You know, you know what? It can be easy. I'm going to stay here and create. I don't need to be in my past. That's gone. And like staying really focused in the, in the present moment, it's hard because the present moment is unknown. We want the comfort of our past. We want the certainty. But if you're okay with the fear and uncertainty, this is like, this is what I tell my clients. I'm like, okay, this process is going to be super uncomfortable. It's going to be uncertain. If you're okay with that, you know, I'll get you there. But you've got to be okay. If we're going to create something amazing, we've got to be okay with with this and be and be here, not living in the past, not my, you know. Mm. That's really great advice. And you've already said so many amazing things about what it means to be bold that I almost hesitate to ask you my final question. But because I ask all guests, I'm going to ask you too. Um, what do you know about being bold today that you wish you would have known earlier on? Um, I mean, I feel like I operated out of fear mm -hmm. for much of my life, but I knew I had it in me, you know, like when I listened to my heart throughout my life and I knew what was meant for me, like I had to make some bold moves, like my parents, like when I was a kid, like we were, we moved to the small town in Texas and I was like, I can't go to school here. This is not for me. And I was like, you got to send me to boarding school or you got to go, I got to go to a private school. So a college preparatory school mm -hmm. mom. And like, and I ended up, you know, making that bold move. Like, and mm -hmm. I was, I was scared before, but like, as I look back, there was not a choice. So I think sometimes for what we want, I mean, it's, it's, just look inside, look at it, feel, I always say, feel your answer. Your heart knows everything you're supposed to do. Like, I don't even have to, I'm just like, what's next? What's next? What's next? Oh yeah. I'm going to write a book. Like I'm going to do, I don't know. The happiest law firm that just came out of my head. Who knows? Like <laughs> that's what I've been doing all yeah. along. I didn't have a name for it, but yeah. I gotta, this is, this feels right. So how does it feel? Not what mom thinks is right or what, you know, the boss uh -huh. thinks is right. What do you think is right? What's going to, because if you do what's right for you, I mean, you're going to feel, you're just, it's, there's not going to be work. It's going to feel amazing. You're just going to like, you're gonna, and I, I, as I say, like you're going to float through the world, whether it be in gratitude or happiness, mm -hmm. contentment, like satisfaction. I mean, who, who wouldn't want to like be doing things that are meant for you? Absolutely. 
I appreciate you joining me, Elizabeth. This has been so fun, and you have just dropped knowledge bomb after knowledge bomb after knowledge bomb. I know people are going to have get so much inspiration for you, and I really, really hope so. Like, I hope that you know whoever's listening to this can really start to think about what it is they want, go inside their body, and um, and start just look. What is the outcome, and then the how will come to you, right? So thank you again so much for being here. Um, for everyone else, uh, you know, f- make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss another one. And thank you again so much, Elizabeth. It has been so fun. Thank you. I had a great time. Appreciate it. Hi, everyone. It's Kristen Rocco here. I hope you're doing well. I've been thinking so much about you over the past month and a half since I started this podcast. And I really wanted to not only create this podcast so you can get inspiration from other people on defining your own life and making those bold moves that you're so capable of, I also wanted to start building some resources for you um, that you could access online. And so I wanted to let you know that my page is ready. Um, It's starting at infancy, and of course, I'm going to build it out over time. But for now, I want you to go to kristenrocco.com slash bold dash moves dash resources to find a list of resources to help you start building your bold moves muscle. There you're going to find a list of uh, recommended reading. These are books that will help you embrace and practice a bold moves mindset. And I've pulled out a few quotes from my most recent guests um, that really give you that inspiration about what bold moves are all about. And finally, I have a survey on my uh, on this webpage as well to learn more about what your boldest dreams are. I really, really want to hear from you, the listener, about what your bold dreams are and why you're tuning in so that I can help build even more resources and book more guests that can help you along on your journey. I've linked the Bold Moves resources page right there in the show notes. So all you have to do is go to the show notes and click the link and you'll be taken to the page. I can't wait to hear from you and learn more about what your Bold Move dreams are all about.